Welcome to the CodeCast Podcast. Real-world insights for your daily medical coding and billing processes. And now, here's your host, Terry Fletcher. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CodeCast Podcast today. My name is Terry Fletcher. I hope everyone is having a good February so far. I also wanted to say an early Happy Valentine's Day to those who celebrate. I got some roses from my husband uh, last week, so he doesn't like to give them to me on Valentine's Day because he says he loves me every day of the year. So after almost 25 years of marriage, that's probably a good thing. Also, shout out today to my daughter, Summer. It's her birthday. Yes, she was almost a Valentine's Day baby. So love you, honey. Hope you have a great day. Can't believe she's 29. Boy, how old does that make me? Old. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. Yes, I'm over 50. Boy, I better be. Otherwise, I had her very young. (laughs) Anyway, today's topic is something that actually I've been reading about, and I just thought it was a really good place to start today because there's still a lot of confusion with the 2021, 2022, 2023, and now we're in 2024 E&M guidelines. And so one of the things that we always talk about is, or I should say are the data points, but I don't want to go there. I want to talk about the number and complexity of problems addressed because it seems like the majority of E&M services billed are level fours. And I get a lot of physicians emailing me. I actually even had a couple of practices last week saying, can you give me, def- can you give me examples of level fives? My doctor just wants to know those. And I'm thinking, no. I can, you know, do an education piece to show you the difference between all the levels, but I'm not just going to give you a bunch of level five. So now your doctor can go and template at that and say, this is what all of our visits are going to look like. Be careful with that. When you have a provider or a physician saying, I just want to know how to get to a level five, that should be a red flag for you. The hair should stand up on the back of your neck and you should be like, yeah, I'm not doing that. That would not be a good idea. So let's just take a look at problems addressed because I want to make sure that if you're looking at those, you know, one or more chronic illnesses with a potential exacerbation progression or side effect of treatment or two or more stable chronic illnesses versus going straight to a level five saying that this was a chronic illness with severe exacerbation and that word severe is pretty, pretty important or if you're saying that it's an acute or chronic illness that poses a threat to life. You want to make sure that you can support that in the record. And I just want to explain at least the understanding of what chronic illnesses are. And I want to actually take a page also from a good friend of mine, Betty Hovey's book. She did a blog on the NAMA site, which I'm going to reference a little bit and then add my own information into there because I thought her wording was really good. But first, the CodeCast podcast is also brought to you today by the Netflix series, The Lincoln Lawyer. Check out seasons one and two on Netflix.com and look for season three to drop fall of 2024. The Lincoln Lawyer is based on Michael Connolly's book, The Gods of Guilt. The third season of The Lincoln Lawyer will have 10 episodes. I can't say I'm not excited about that. One of my favorite shows. Has any of you seen the Netflix Suits? Oh my gosh, I don't even get me started. I'm already watching it for the third time. And actually, it's now just noise in my uh, home office when I'm working. But if you haven't watched Suits, eight episodes, or I'm sorry, eight seasons on Netflix, and then the last season is on Prime. So just try it. It, You'll love it. And the beginning music, I love it. Anyway, that's an obsession with me right now. Okay, let's get back to the topic at hand and talk about um, when we're dealing with these E&M services and really looking at uh, chronic conditions or exacerbation condition, exacerbated conditions. But I noticed that a lot of physicians and the qualified healthcare 
uh, professionals, the QHPs, they sometimes will credit their chronic exacerbated condition instead of just a chronic um, stable condition, but they have to make sure that their documentation can support if you're saying exacerbated. So stable chronic condition is, is pretty straightforward. That means it's managed, stable, predictable. Uh, let's say you have hypertension or diabetes, there's no changes. Um, you have a, pa a patient, let's say, for example, with uh, well-managed hypertension whose blood pressure readings and symptoms are under control, that maybe they're also medicine-controlled, where they're on lisinopril or they're on some medication. That would be, that would be considered a chronic stable condition. And uh, you also want to make sure that you have treatment goals or what the provider that's following the patient says that, you know, their blood pressure needs to be at. Same with, um, let's say, diabetes. So there's treatment goals for that as well. Let's say the patient is on metformin. Let's say they're um, type 1 or type, let's say they're type 2 diabetes because they can be controlled with um, medication or insulin or diet and exercise. So type 2 is actually what they call, and I'm air quoting the better diabetes. Type 1 is tough because you are ins insulin dependent. But let's just say they're having consistent glucose readings at home. They're within a commonly acceptable range. Plus, they also have had their blood work and their A1C is still showing, you know, somewhere around, let's say, six to eight. But based on the patient's condition and lifestyle and based on what they've had a conversation that's well documented with their uh, provider, it's supposed to be down to under six. And they have not been able to get that down further. Maybe they aren't sticking to their diet as well as they have said they are. And there are some uh, conversations like that the doctor really needs to address within the medical record. You know, that could be considered unstable or, or you know, exacerbated. Because remember, when you're looking at the new guidelines and they talk about treatment goals, and even though a patient might be living with a chronic condition that's controlled, if they're falling short of their treatment goals, that's not considered stable as far as the AMA is concerned in their documentation. And so it really emphasizes, and I agree with Betty on this and that she's referenced, that every patient has a unique set of goals and circumstances. And achieving these personalized ob objectives will determine the stability of that patient in reference to how you choose that beginning element of the level of service. So was it a one or more chronic illness with exacerbation or was it really a stable chronic illness? And you know, it's really again tied to not only that treatment goal, but also if you're an auditor like I am too, and you're trying to figure out in the record what's going on with that patient, Here's some things you want to look for in that record. So first you want to, and I'm also speaking to the providers out there to include this in the record, you know, treatment goals outlined for the patients, the chronic conditions are evident and well-documented. It could come into question where, let's say a patient, you know, has, a, I always reference the diabetes because this is really easy to, to find in the record. But if it's not at goal or if there's no goal mentioned in the record, you may need to query the physician because now what is that? Or is that just considered, you know, one stable chronic illness and now you're in the low addressed problem category. You're not even up in the, um, if you have two or more in the moderate. And then what about, are they, are these goals evaluated and updated continuously? You know, aligning with the patient's progress and condition. And this is important too, because maybe they're standing orders for, you know, every three months the patient gets their labs just to check in and see where they're at with that. You know, instability is a condition 
that may be classified not just considering the severity or changes in the condition, but again, also related to the patient-specific treatment goals. And that's really the key. If you can get your providers to really add that layer of uh, information and documentation to the record, that can help expand that definition of what really stability stands for when it's related to um, chronic conditions And it can help not only the auditor, but it can help the provider to report the code that's really accurate. I mean, it's inaccurate if the documentation isn't there, first of all, and unfortunately, the auditor or the person coding for the provider, if they're not coding, they're having to default to the lower code because they just don't have enough information. So just remember that when we are in, as we are in 2024, everything is around patient-centered care and it, it's specific for that patient. And that's probably the thing I'm trying to get physicians to understand because I see all the time, especially when it comes to uh, decisions regarding minor surgery or major surgery with or without risk factors. Well, I see the physicians putting in their generic statement about the risk factor for the surgery. Well, all patients, have, all surgeries, I should say, have risk factors especially if you're going under the knife or you're going under anesthesia. But this particular patient, what is their risk factor? Perfect example. A friend of mine, his mom is going, just went under a double mastectomy and, you know, we wish her well. And, but unfortunately um, she was supposed to have her updated reconstruction and tissue uh, surgery and implantation, but she couldn't because she started having palpitations and then they found that she was an AFib. So now they're deciding if they want to do some eloquence and, and do some medical management before they again start another surgery. Well, the risk to that patient is not just the surgery risk, but it's the anesthesia risk and her undergoing the procedure at all based on her medical makeup or her medical complexity. And that needs to be documented, not just the fact that reconstructive surgery and somebody going under you know, anesthesia is a risk. How is it a risk for this patient? What does their medical you know, condition, their risk of complications and, and or morbidity and mortality, again, for this patient, based on what the management or the treatment options are, um, what is that? And it has to be individual. We can't just make that lateral assumption anymore. You know, diabetic patients, for example, take longer to heal. So you could assume that if a patient's going to have, let's say, a shoulder surgery, they're going to have a longer time healing, but not necessarily anymore. You you could if you were a clinician, I'll say, because everybody knows that I used to be, um, I say I used to be a nurse because I'm not a practicing RN anymore, but I, I keep it up. But I'm, I'm not practicing anymore, so let's get that straight. But the one thing that you have to keep in mind is that you, we are not allowed to, as auditors, make that leap. The physician has to document the complexity of that patient and the risk. And the risk for the actual diagnosis is different than the risks, than the risk of complications based on what you're going to do with the patient and the morbidity and mortality. So know that there is a difference. It's not the risk of the diagnosis. It's the risk on how it's going to affect the patient in your management or treatment of that patient. And so it's so important to take that patient as an individual. So make sure that you're doing that. If you're an auditor looking at E&M services, make sure you're talking to your providers about that because that's what's going to support 
their level three, fours, and five services. You know, obviously level twos, those are minimal self-limiting problems, minor problems, and really no risk of morbidity or, or additional diagnostic testing or treatment. So we don't really follow that with level twos, but anything above a level two, you have to be able to identify not only the risk, but relate it and show your thought processes to that individual patient. Otherwise, it's very hard, not just on the auditor, but also on the payer to figure out what are you trying to say. And a lot of times that lack of documentation or the perspective of the physician is just not there. And we can't, we can't make that leap on our own because if we do, we definitely would get in trouble for that because now we're making assumptive um, inquiries, or I should say assumptive um, notations based on, well, that's what the doctor meant to do. We can't do that. Or that's what the provider meant to do. So try not to do that. Make sure you're educating your physician and talking to them about make it individual. And that's what's going to make a difference in supporting your information. So I hope that was helpful today. I know sometimes you just kind of have to hear it and think, oh, okay, now I I can kind of bring this to my physician's attention and, and really talk to them about how to make it about the patient and not about the documentation. And definitely don't make it about the coding. The coding will take care of itself as long as the documentation is supportive of what you're doing. So when you hear this, the Super Bowl will be over. I don't know who you're picking, but I'm so sick of the Swifty stuff. So I might get cards and letters for that, but I'm sick of it. She's not my favorite person. I go in a different direction when it comes to music. So um, for me, I and I, my husband doesn't want the 49ers to win because we don't want the Steelers to, we want, we don't want anybody but the Steelers and apparently the Patriots to get more than six Super Bowls and they and the 49ers have um, five. If they win, they get six, but I like the Brock Purdy story. So um, I'm kind of over the whole Mahomes Kelsey thing. So we'll see what happens. I know some of you may not may not agree. But when the AFC is, is you know, when we are out as Steelers, okay, who in the NFC is going to uh, take the trophy? So I, I think I am a 49er fan this weekend. So we'll see what happens. All right, everyone. I will uh, talk to you next week. And I'll let you know if I actually made the right bet. Hmm. Have a great day. Have a great rest of your week. And thank you for listening to the CodeCast podcast. For more information on medical coding, billing, auditing, and compliance, including how to hire Terry, follow Terry on Twitter at TerryCoder1 or visit her website at www.terryfletcher.net. Podcast producer Joe Kuzma, music producer Assassin Music.